Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports, informs and embraces the spouses beside the military members by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Want to join a bank that just gets Defence Life? Defence Bank is one of Australia's largest customer-owned banks. They have 33 on-base branches across Australia, an award-winning banking app that allows you to do all your banking wherever and whenever you want. And with products and services tailored for ADF members and Defence spouses, you'll wonder why you didn't join sooner. Visit defencebank.com.au today and see how easy your banking can be. Well, welcome to the podcast, Vicky and Jared. Hi, how you going? Hello, thank you so much for having us. Thanks for coming on. It's something a little bit different, I guess, this time around with a couple who have both been military members and therefore both been spouses. And Vicky, you're now out and your husband is still in. So you've still got the juggle of the military member and the spouse situation. So I guess maybe if we can start by you telling us, Vicky, how you and your husband met. We met in the Navy on a ship, actually, with my first posting. So it goes back to what, 2006, I think, on HMA Sydney. So that's where we met. You guys have only ever known, or will you, Vicky, have only ever known, I guess, your military life with I guess having a partner so it was the juggle of both of you being in the military yeah yeah I joined the navy when I was 17 um, and then I must have been about 20 I think when I met Jared so for the first probably eight years it was just him and I we were pretty much always at sea or we might have been home together for a little while but that was our life until we started having kids really and Jared what was your sort of thinking when obviously you went into a relationship with someone who was also in defense how did you go into it thinking it would work with you, you know, back at the same time, posted away, deployed, however it worked for you guys? Did you go into it thinking, how are we going to make this work? Or was it just like, let's just see how it goes? I really didn't give it too much thought, to be honest. So we just sort of made it work. We spent a lot of time swapping in and out of Vicky would be away, I'd be at home and vice versa. We did that for quite a few years, really. But, you know, at the end of the day, when we got together, it was... You know, when we did have time ashore together, we just clicked and we made it work. So, and what is it, 11 years later of marriage, we're still here. So that's worked out. And is it kind of the reality sometimes when you are a defence member that goes away and is at sea a lot that maybe you will end up with another defence member because that's how you meet each other, that's you both get the lifestyle, it sort of just works? 100%. I think there's an understanding there, having Vicky been in the military as well, understanding what the job requires and, and there is periods of time you'll have to go away, whereas I think a non-military member might not understand, you know, why you've got to go away for five months and deploy, uh, that sort of thing. So having that understanding from Vicky is, and, and vice versa, really, in the early days has uh, really made our relationship work. So Vicky, I guess, you know, Jared just mentioned it's that little bit easier because you, you both have that understanding. But what was the reality of it when push came to shove and you were ending up spending however much time together between you both being away or posted to wherever you were posted? How did you go into it feeling or thinking it would work? Was there anything that you thought, okay, well, we need to make sure we communicate a lot or we need to make sure that we're on the same page with our future careers and our postings and how 
how they might work together. How were you thinking? Probably a lot like Jared. I think in the beginning, like, I don't know, you don't really think about that sort of stuff. It was just what we were doing. We were both in the Navy. That was just our life. I guess in the early days, communication was probably not our strong point. Like if he was away, I'd be like, why are you calling me? (laughs) And that definitely got better over the years. And I think it really started to, I guess our mindset around it all started to change once we had kids. Because I think that's probably when you start going, okay, well, you know, how long am I going to be at home on my own? How long are you going to be away for? who's home this time, who's at sea next time. I guess it really wasn't a big thing for us until we started having kids. The difference, I guess, when both of you are in defence and you make the decision to go ahead and start a family is that one of you kind of has to be the person that is going to be the emergency contact, that is going to be that parent that is going to be the constant. So how did you decide who would be like the career member? It's not just, you know, it's not just, okay, well, the mum should be the career, shouldn't be the career member. How did you go into that conversation with how that would work with kids and both of you still having a fulfilling career? Well, I think initially we had just fallen into the Jared's a career member and I will stay at home and be a mum. But once I had gone back to work after maternity leave, we did realise that there was that whole sea obligation. So when you're in the Navy, you know, if you're fit and you're healthy, you have to go to sea. And I'm not the kind of person that wasn't going to do my time, so to speak. So I guess it got harder when I knew I had to go back to sea. But, you know, Jared was very supportive of the fact that I had to. And then that was also my job as well as his job. The only thing that really did suck was if I was at sea, he was at home. And the minute I basically came home, he was at sea. So there was no real downtime for us in those first couple of years. Jared, how did you find that when Vicky did go back to work and you both have these careers that require just as much from you because you're both in defense. And like Vicky mentioned, mm. one of you would go, one of you would come back and you know, you sort of didn't really have that long extended crossover period where you could just be a family because of the requirements of defense. How did you feel going into that shared responsibility of being the person back home, but also still a defence member when Vicky went away and vice versa? Well, it was a bit of a trial by fire for me with our eldest boy, sort of, I suppose he was about nearly 18 months when Vicky deployed to the Middle East. And I'd been at sea previously, so I hadn't had a, a whole lot of time parenting I suppose and Vicky left for a six months period and, and it was just me and me and young Max and through that time as hard as it was in the initial couple of months and I didn't have any family support close by either so it was it was just me I was managing to go into work do the daycare thing pickups and drop-offs with Max and uh, look after both of us it was it was quite hard but by the end of the six months it was kind of done at 180 it was it was really w- rewarding experience even to this day like my eldest son and I have got a bond that is just completely amazing and unbreakable so you know um, as hard as it was that experience I'm very grateful for for having it on the, on the, on the flip side as well and of course you know sometimes when the defense member is the dad and 
goes away on deployments. It might be the case that the other parent sort of, I guess, might go part-time or reduce their hours to be able to cope with all the extra responsibilities of being a solo parent and all that comes with having young kids, but you're in defense. So it's not like you can just be like, okay, well, I'm going to drop my hours back. How did it work with them recognizing that you were the parent back at home, but also juggling your defense requirements and responsibilities? Were they, I guess, accepting of you in that role or was it sort of like a bit of an odd thing because it's not just the norm sort of thing? Well, I was very fortunate in where I was posted and, and they were very understanding. And my superior is a, a close friend of mine or at, the, at the time and still is a close friend of mine. And uh, he understood and he had children himself so and he understood the situation and uh, it was very accommodating for if I had to go because Max was sick or, or anything like that anything that might come up that, that happens with young children yeah and my hours were flexible it was really good from that point of view you mentioned you didn't have any family support nearby did you have a good friend network that you know by the time the weekend rolls around you guys were probably both exhausted from the hustle and bustle of drop off pick up all that's required of working a job but then also your little one being in daycare and all of that did you just sort of hang out together or did you have a good friend network that sort of rallied around you guys during that time mainly it was just we just hung out together but we did have some close friends that were, were nearby so I did lean on them a bit and uh, it was just good to get some adult interaction with other people you know when you're with a toddler 24 7 without adult interaction it's uh, you know it's a funny situation you know I found myself going down to the bakery and talking with the old lady at the bakery for 20 minutes just so I could talk to an adult you know it was a it was a funny sort of thing, you know, and, and looking back, you know, I, it was a good experience, but, you know, like, I, I wonder if I could have done things a bit different and got my family to come and see me more. That would have helped a lot. One thing I am very thankful for is Vicky's parents, actually, they come and spend a weekend with me while Vic, Vicky was away and helped look after Max. And um, that gave me a chance to go out and see some friends and, you know, do things that I hadn't hadn't done in a while. So, so that was really cool. The flip side with you being a defence member and, you know, the dad and the husband as opposed to what we typically see is the, the wife and the mum stay back and the defence member is the, the man and the, and the husband and the, the dad that goes away. You know, obviously whatever situation, whatever setup is fine, but the typical situation is usually the defence member being the husband and the dad. So what we usually do as spouses back home is we have that spouse network where, you know, if our little one is sick and we get sick as well, someone might drop off a meal or we might have one of our friends come over and have a glass of wine because they know that we can't sort of get out because we do have our little one at home and we don't have that family network or a babysitter or anything like that. Did you get a chance to have anything like that or build that support network around you? Or was there not really an opportunity to do that because you were the defence member and were a man and the, the support networks aren't really set up, I guess, for that situation? Yeah, no, that absolutely. I, I didn't feel that there was the support network there set up for me. And I, I probably didn't at the time. I mean, we're, we're going back seven and a half, eight years ago. So, and I didn't, don't think I was probably prepared. Uh, I didn't have that those tools to know where to look to find out that sort of information. I just sort of, um, being a military member, you just get on with it. And that's, that's what I did. And so Vicky, I guess, you know, 
on the flip side, you're having a totally opposite experience because you're the female, you're the mum, you're the defence member going away for six months and leaving, you know, your 18-month-old with your husband. How did you go into that deployment and, you know, what were you feeling in the lead-up to going away for those six months? Uh, it was definitely hard in the lead-up to it. I definitely tried to sort of get out of that particular posting. Um, I was trying to do a swap posting. I tried a few different things, but, you know, in the end, it was my job and I had to go so I would have to say obviously when you're going to the golf there's like a work-up period sort of you're away for the week but you're home on weekend so I think we sort of juggled that okay but once I left that was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life don't plan on doing that again and I would say it probably took me a good three months to really just get into a routine and get it in your head that it was like, okay, well, this is what I'm doing now. And, you know, there's no getting out of it. So you just have to, to get on with life, I suppose. I think there was a, p- a few hiccups just in the beginning with like phone calls, you know, when you're at sea, the Wi-Fi drops out and FaceTime. I think we were FaceTiming, but gee, you know, like Darren said, it was, it was eight years ago. So I'm sure that Wi-Fi on the ships are a lot different these days but you know if I rang up Max and then cut out like it had just upset him so we really had to have a lot of boundaries in regards to just ringing up out of the blue and all that sort of stuff so yeah it was definitely hard in the beginning um, then it probably got a little bit easier towards the middle and the end but then coming home was just a completely different thing all over again so I guess in the respect of understanding, uh, you know, if Jared was to go away now, I would I understand how he would be feeling at the beginning, the middle and the end and coming home. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely not nice, but, you know, we have to do it. And how did it go with the transition, I guess, back home with your son? Because your husband and your son had that bond and they'd been together one-on-one for that time. And, you know, like any defence member would pick up on is, you know, there's a certain way of doing things when, you know, they get back and they've got to figure out how they fit and where they fit and how things work now. And, you know, the child's at a totally different developmental stage by the time they get back. How did you cope with that transition back? Yeah, I totally missed toilet training with the first one. So second time round, I was just like, what do I do here? But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> Missing no, out on toilet training, not so bad. <laughs> I didn't miss that, that's for sure. I definitely came home and Max was just like a completely, you know, I left him as a baby and then I came home and he, he was nearly three. So coming home was hard because I think in a sense I had just put the mum hat aside so coming home it's like you have to kind of figure out how to be a mum all over again and you're right you know Jared and Max had their little routine going but I also had a routine where I was going to the gym and I was doing me so when I got home Jared was more like hey you have to step into mum role again now so it was really tricky and Jared's not lying when he says that him and Max have quite a tight relationship they still do now and I and I think for a long time like I'm talking a good 12 to 18 months it was really hard to um get that with me and Max so yeah you're like the third wheel for for a fair while there (laughs) yeah I was definitely the third wheel (laughs) (laughs) and so I guess the positive from that is that you both get to follow your career paths and you both get to be with your child when one or the other goes to sea or, you know, on course or whatever they're doing in their defence career. But the the main benefit would be that you you both really understand 
where each other's coming from when one of you goes away and comes back and what the person left behind goes through and the person that goes away goes through. Yeah, definitely. And we've both been there now. So I think we worked out up until we moved back up to Sydney in 2018. And, you know, that was pretty much eight years of Max was turning eight. And we realised that someone had always been away in that eight years. So moving to Sydney, Jared's got a, a shore posting now. And it's sort of just been the first real time that we've had that normal life, I guess. Once you got back from that deployment and you mentioned you didn't ever want to have to do that again. What was the discussion like with, okay, how is defence life going to work for with both of us being in into the future now that you had, I guess, had a taste of being away from them and if you got more C postings after that, that it was going to, you know, be a regular thing where you're away back and your husband away back sort of thing. How were you thinking that would work into the future? Well, I think this is where it got tricky. So when I got home, pretty much Jared had already got a posting to go down the South Coast. And it was me fighting to also get posted down there. We were only asking for 12 to 18 months of me being ashore down the South Coast, probably in an out-of-category job, and they just wouldn't budge. And that's where we really had to make that decision. Like, I was done. I just, you know, I'd pretty much spent 12 months altogether away from the family. So for Jared and Max to move down the South Coast and me to live up in Sydney, probably in a job that I was not happy in anyway, um, it was just, it was a non-negotiable for us. So that's where I pulled the plug and, and I discharged it's a huge decision. Obviously, you're doing it mm. for the right reasons for, for you and your family, but it's still, you're still making the decision to leave the career that you had gone into and, and trained so hard for and sacrificed so much for. How did you, go, I guess, reconcile the fact that you were leaving defence and what you were sort of looking at doing in the future? You know, it's one thing, yes, making that decision for, for the right reasons, but it still doesn't make mean like that it's everything's sunshine and rainbows how did you go with actually leaving defense yeah it definitely wasn't sunshine and rainbows that's for sure and I think maybe because I hadn't really thought I would discharge you know I was really happy to go okay 12 to 18 months down the south coast and then I was happy to come back up to Sydney or you know wherever they wanted to send me and you know if it meant more sea time then that was fine so I ended up discharging within like 30 days so very 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 quick and I had a job to walk into it was not you know a dream career or anything but I guess for us it was just a job we'd just bought a house as well so I think I definitely floated I floated around for a lot of years you know we had three kids in total so jobs trying to start businesses having kids it hasn't really been until the last sort of six to 12 months where I've gone okay this is what I actually want to do now I'm finished having kids I'm ready to start a career again but yeah discharging from the Navy was a really quick process and um, I guess I struggled I did a lot of reserve time down the south coast which was probably a good thing because I was able to keep my foot in the door and you know defense was all I knew and defense people were all I knew so I think when you join the Navy at 17 and then you discharge 14 years later you're sort of like well what do I do now? Yeah. And aside from the fact that, you know, obviously you were making that decision for your family and for yourself Mm. and what was best for you guys as a whole, but 30 days is not a lot of time to think, oh, okay, well (laughs) now I've got to figure out what, what we're doing because you're going from two defense members and two defense salaries to, okay, I don't know what I'm doing in 30 days. (laughs) Pretty much. 
yeah, it was yeah. um, it was a very stressful time. I think and looking back, I think, whoa, that how did, how did we get through that? That was so stressful. And so, how were you feeling, Jared, about Vicky leaving Defence, and then you were all together for an extended period of time down on the south coast with your posting and learning to be a family with two parents home and that transition how were you feeling about Vicky leaving defense I felt Vicky was doing it for the right reasons and I knew it wasn't sustainable for us both to be in anymore so I was I was pretty comfortable with it but yeah for pretty much from that point when Vicky did discharge like you say we started to become a family and there was more continuity with our family unit and, you know, from there we had two more kids. So it was definitely it was definitely the right decision, I think. And did you feel that, you know, it's a great thing that you are all together and that you're expanding your family and you've got your career to focus on and Vicky's having children and, and staying at home with those and doing some reserve time and all of that. But myself, I have found the transition of being back together as a family and I guess, you know, knowing that it's not for a short time, knowing that it's for a long time. So you kind of have to like deal with any issues that come up. You can't sort of just say, oh, well, you'll be gone in three months. So we'll just see how that goes. And then I'll go back to doing things my way sort of thing. How did you sort of transition to feeling your way through and finding your feet as a family all in the one place and your roles in the home and I guess you working and, and all that was happening at home. I'm pretty easy going. I think that's probably helped a lot. Vicky's the go-getter and, you know, like we, we just work really well as a team. So it's never been, oh, well, I'm going to see, so I'm not, I'm not going to deal with that problem. I, I'm not about that. It's, you know, if there's an issue, me and Vicky, our communication is pretty good. So we just, you know, we might have a row every now and then, but like <laughs> we, <laughs> we're pretty good at communicating so like there's really no issue there did you feel any extra pressure i guess to you know make the most of your job in defense and you know really be doing a job that you really love or going to a posting that you really love or being deployed or you know really getting the most out of your job because vicky had left defense and you were able to keep going with your career within defense did you have any extra pressure to really love it <laughs> i had some career goals and I've, I've achieved a few things along the way since vicky's been out but yeah look i'm not busting out of my skin to make it to warrant officer or anything like that like, yeah, I'm pretty pretty content with how my career's tracked along the way. So yeah, look, it's just just another day, really. I just I enjoy it, but I'm not. I don't feel any pressure for any uh, to aspire to any greatness. Yeah. Okay. How did you then go with? I guess once you had come around to the fact that okay, I've left defence and your focus is now you're having some more children and you know doing some reserve time and juggling. I guess your new normal. How did you get your head around with being the spouse at home and not the defence member anymore? And I guess building up that support network of spouses around you, if you did build a support network, because now you were kind of in like the spouse category. Was there a transition that you sort of went through in no longer being a defence member and now being the spouse? I guess so, yeah. But at the same time, it's probably not something that I thought consciously about so when I discharged, I've never looked back and gone, that was a bad decision. I've never done that. So like Jared said, I think it was probably honestly the best thing that we did for me personally and for us as a family. So yeah, I got out. I 
had a job to go to in the civilian world, as we call it. And I probably did that for about eight months before starting the reserve time. So I, I did start to meet new people. We had a bit of family down the south coast as well. So I got into sport, which is something that I had never done in the Navy. I'd never gone and done like external soccer teams and netball teams and all that sort of stuff. So I did get into that. And then our eldest, he went to school. So I guess at that point, that was when I really started to make new friends outside of defense. And as I said, I never thought about it. You know, Jared was, I think he was pretty much home most of it. Uh, and then he posted onto a ship up in Sydney. So he ended up having an apartment in Sydney and I stayed down the South Coast with the kids. You know, at that point when I had met the mums at school, they were like, I don't know how you do it. You know, like you're doing this, this and this and, and your husband's not home. But it's not something that I really put too much thought into. Nine out of ten defence spouses wish they found out about Defence Bank sooner. Okay, I might have just made that up and they do sponsor my podcast, but I've checked them out and I think they're worth a look just for their banking app alone. It's award-winning and currently has a rating of 4.8 out of 5 in both the app and Google Play Store. It does everything a big bank app does with cool features like fast same-day payments, card alerts and controls, pin change functionality, savings roundup, spend tracker, the list goes on. Oh, and if you really want to go to a Defence Bank branch, you can. There are 33 on-base branches across Australia. And with many of their branch staff a defence spouse or partner, you'll be talking to someone who just gets it. Banking as a defence spouse doesn't have to be hard. For more info, visit defencebank.com.au. I know that it really sucked for Jared. He would go and then he'd, he'd be back on the weekends and... You know, that was hard for him, probably not so hard for me. You know, he'd come home on a Friday, he'd really have to de-stress on the Friday night, whatever that meant to him. But he wasn't really, wasn't really there, I guess, because then on, you know, on Sunday, he was stressed about leaving on Sunday night. So we only really had the Saturday together. I think I coped with it. Okay, um, Jared probably got sick of that really, really quick before I did. I guess you're busy with your routine and the kids and everything that's required when you're doing everything solo down on the South Coast. And then, you know, when Jared comes home to the apartment, you know, all he has to do is sort out his dinner and <laughs> that's it. That's it. There's nobody there. He can go to the pub if he wants to. He can play his guitar. He can do whatever. And, you know, I've heard it before in your podcast and just mums in general, I think we just get on with the things that we need to do you know we've got two kids there's dinner time there's bath time there's there's bedtime there's just such a routine and there's such a process so I was pretty busy doing that I had work I had the gym I was busy 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 um so it's probably harder for Jared to sit up in an apartment with nobody there nothing on tv you know boredom gets the best of you I guess so Jared when you went into the posting where you were at MWDU was it for okay I'll be here for two years and then I'll definitely get back posted back down to New South Wales South Coast or how were you going into doing MWDU and being able to cope with that long term or was it just like a short term plan? I knew it was it was a two year plan and at the end of it I knew that I was it was unlikely I'd be posted back down the south coast. So inevitably we would have had to all move back to Sydney. And while I was away, because I deployed a couple of times there, I think I deployed for five months at one of the 
at one time in those two years. And Vicky had the support in down the south coast with family, my my fam- uh, brother and my father. And Vicky's sister wasn't that far away. So having her down there made more sense over that period. So that's why we did the member unaccompanied. But yeah, like Vicky said, it was, it was tough because I would belt down the highway on a Friday afternoon, you know, and the traffic would be horrendous. By the time I get to home, I'm, I've had enough. I've had a massive week at work. I might have been at sea all week, whatever had happened that week, fully stressed that I'd, I'd decompress on a Friday. Saturday, I'd be okay. And then, you know, Sunday afternoon, I'd have to leave back for Sydney and uh, waving goodbye to the boys every Sunday. It just broke my heart. Hey? So yeah, it wasn't a good time, but we made it work in the end. So Yeah. And I guess, you know, when a family chooses MWDU. There are obviously reasons, like you mentioned, support systems, you know, schooling, jobs, whatever is behind the decision to go MWDU. They're, they're obviously good reasons, but it still doesn't take away the fact that you guys aren't together, like despite the, the fact that you have the support network with the family and all that's going on in the location that the family's decided to stay in. It still doesn't take away the fact that you guys are apart, despite the fact that, you know, you're making the best decision possible out of all the decisions you can kind of make, I guess. Yeah, and, you know, just on that, I know that so many people do it. And I think it's it's honestly just such a personal decision. Um, I think it's one that Jared and I know that we're probably not ever going to do again. You know, you think about the kids and you're like, well, I don't want to keep moving them because of school. And there's, there's always a reason. But I just think, like, our marriage is first and foremost so we loved it down the south coast and I'd like to think that we'd eventually get back down there again whether that's with defense or not uh, it was really hard to sell our house down there just knowing that we, you know we were going to the next thing again because I didn't think we'd ever really move that much as as a defense family some people do it a lot but yeah it's, it's a personal decision and it's a massive massive decision as well so how did you find the transition back to being all together in the one home after mwdu i mean there's one thing for being away on a deployment and coming back to the family home it's another when the defense member has also been deployed but also mwdu so you've only seen each other when the you know the ship's back on weekends so there's even less time together pretty good i think yeah we've, we've had no dramas it's just uh, we fell into it really easily and the kids just love having us both home i don't know i don't know how that goes if jared ever had to go back to sea and what about you jared how did you find coming back to the family home after you've been living away and only back on weekends it was a funny time because i was deployed when vicky actually moved back to sydney so she moved herself and all the kids well, we had two kids at that stage moved them back to sydney all by herself so i left our house in Nara and i come back to from back from sea and i was in a brand new house so it was a bit bit strange but um i was pretty happy to be done with my sea time for for a good bit so yeah I didn't find the transition hard at all I was I was looking forward to it if anything yeah well sounds like a pretty good deal come back and the house has been sold and <laughs> packed up and Vicky's got it all set up for you so it sounds pretty good done well Darren's mm. <laughs> been very lucky with all of our moves I think he's missed every single one of them so yeah <laughs> wow he wouldn't even know where to start with you know removalists and them packing weird objects in weird boxes or whatever, yeah. whatever you experience when moving all the odd things and the things that you have to do to finish up packing up the house, the things you don't even think about. Oh gosh. 
been tricky. I had Jared's brother though. That was that was helpful. You know, it's just the small things, not having your husband around to like hang the dryer in the laundry. Just them things that you just don't even think of. You're like, how am I ever going to get that done? Yes. But, um, yeah, I forgot actually that Jared came home from sea and came to a new house. So, I think yeah, you might have blocked it out of your mind. <laughs> yeah, well, we tend to do that, don't we? We forget the hard times. It's the easiest thing to do. Yeah. And I mean, going back on the whole putting the dryer up on the wall, it's not like not like us women can't do these things. It's this fact that we're doing a hundred other things and we just really like someone just to put do the thing for us. <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. <laughs> so I guess, Jared, what is your future plans for defense? And, you know, have you got sea time coming up? Like what is the what are your f- future postings likely to look like? Well, I've got another 12 months ashore at least. Uh, so I worked that out because Vicky's just started a new job. So I can support her in that. I've lined up another shore posting for a, a twelve, at least 12 months. And then after that, potentially I might have to look at some sea time again. But I, I'd prefer, if I, can, if I can work it, I think I'm just going to try and, is generally the sea postings are about two years, but I'd like to make it 12 months, 18 months sort of thing, just so uh, I can make it a little bit shorter. It's not going to impact the family as much. I've done plenty of sea time over the years, so I've done over, oh, I don't know, 13 years sea time or something like that. So I definitely don't owe anyone anything for the amount of time I've done away. So I'm going to try and do it on my terms if I can. When it does come time for you to leave defence and go on to another career or retire or whatever you plan on doing when you finish up in defence, you're at a different stage and a little bit older than what Vicky would have been when she was discharging. And so do you got to think about what you're going to do, where you're going to be located? Because at that stage, both of you won't be in defence. So you can kind of go wherever you want to go, I guess. Um, and it's like having too many options makes it even trickier, even though that's sometimes what you kind of wish for when you're in defence and you just want to be able to control things in your own life. But then when you have that control, it's like, well, which choice do I make? Like, what? how are you thinking that transition will go when you do eventually leave defence? I'm terrified by it, <laughs> to be honest. You know, like like Vicky, I joined when I was 17. So, yeah, I was, I've been in 20 years, so I, I don't know anything else. So what I'm going to do, I think about it all the time, but, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I, I don't really know what I'm going to do or, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. And so do you know, if you were to transition out of defence, do you know, like, what is available to help you with that transition? Do you know where you even start? Like, how do you even start that process? Do you have in the back of your mind some information about how you would kick that off or what you would sort of look into if you were to do that? The defence is fairly good with with help with transition. They, they run transition seminars, and which I've done one before, actually, because I was looking at getting out 10 years ago or so. And uh, there's some really valuable information in those seminars, like writing a resume, you know, like, I mean, I've never written a resume really. So <laughs> this, that. Yeah. things like those sort of skills that you, you probably take for granted when you've, you've done a few jobs throughout your life, but you know, you've got to know what you want to do, I suppose. So, and I, I haven't really worked that out yet. And Vicky, you mentioned that it's only sort of been in the last sort of 12 months that you've started to find your feet with where you want to go and what your future plans are going to be now that all the kids are kind of sorted and they're at an age where you can kind of focus back on what you're doing in your career. How have you been finding that? And how did you, I guess, find your feet in where you feel you're going in the future and with your career? (laughs) 
So it's only been in the last six months that I even knew that there were so many things for defence people to take advantage of when, when they got out, just like what Jared was saying. So that's been a bit of an eye-opener. I've definitely missed that cutoff now. You've got to do it within the first five years of discharging. But it's good to know that that stuff is there. And I have heard that the transition seminars are a lot better than what they used to. So it's good that defence are getting, getting good with that sort of stuff. In terms of me, yeah, I did. I floated around for quite a while and I think in my mind I always had a list of different things that I wanted to do. So I actually wrote that list out and I took it to Jared and I was like, hey, these are things that I'm always thinking about doing. So, you know, one of them was going to university to do nursing, like it's just something that I'd always toyed in my mind. But real estate was one of them. So I rang a few people and asked for a bit of mentorship and one thing led to another pretty quickly with that one. So I uh, jumped on board with Milvest and they help military people start buying property basically. So, and in real estate these days, you have to actually be on the job working to finish the next part of your license. So I've, well, I had started a job <laughs> at the local real estate agency. I was so pumped. It was, I was literally there for six days and we're in the local government area that's like hard lockdown. So I just had to stand down from that until everything goes back to normal. So, I mean, the job's still mine. I was so excited to really get into it, get my teeth stuck into it. But yeah, it's just put on the back burner for a bit, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited about it. Once you get back into the swing of things, when, when you can get back to work and things like that, do you feel any, I guess, extra pressure to kind of get that going and have that, you know, really turning as a as a proper, I guess, money earning career so that when it does come time for Jared to make that decision to dis- discharge, you can then fall back on you so then he can kind of find his feet? Yes. Definitely. We've spoken about it a lot and I do have goals for it. And I think that that's really, really important to set a bit of a timeline. So it would be nice if I can, you know, really start achieving them and be in a position that if Jared gets out and he is like me, you know, you get out of the the Navy or Army or Air Force, wherever you've been for 20 odd years, I think it is really hard to go, you know, this is what I want to do now for the next 20 years of my life. So if he gets out and does doesn't quite know what he wants to do or he fluffed around in a couple of jobs just like I did I want him to know that it's okay because I've got a job <laughs> that I love and I can you know be really supporting our family so yeah. Yeah. And I guess the positive is that like going back to the positive of you both experiencing deployments and being away from kids and family and all of that is that you really do have that true understanding of what it's like to leave defense and mm. be trying to find your feet in something new. And, you know, even like Jared mentioned, finding your feet with basic things like writing your resume, because how do you transfer your skills from defense to, you know, in the civilian world and all of those little things that other people wouldn't even think about because they've done that time and time again in their civilian careers? Oh, a hundred percent. And honestly, the job that I had when I first got out of the Navy, it was more like a, you know, who you know, not what you know. So I never needed a resume either. So I've got to 35 and just getting this new job in real estate was my, I think I had like six interviews. They were the first interviews of my life, apart from joining the Navy when I was 17 and you go and meet a Defence Force recruiter. So, you know, I guess that's all a skill as well. And and then I guess as well, 
working out how civilian workplaces operate and workplace politics and all of the systems and all of the different things that exist within businesses that aren't this big government organization that is defense I guess yeah it's a tricky one <laughs> yeah. and you know you feel so silly for not knowing some simple things but we've never had to know them so how do you Jared how do you look after your mental health um, do you access anything um, or do you do anything like you know go to the gym or make sure you catch up with friends like what do you do that's for you to I guess look after your mental health pretty simple for me I, I like to play the guitar and I find that really just can zone me out it's really good it's pretty funny actually so all hell can be break, breaking loose around me with the kids yelling and screaming I'll just be strumming away on the guitar like nothing's going on I'm sure it drives Vicky crazy it sounds like you go into a meditative state when you're on the guitar <laughs> yeah pretty much how do you feel about that Vicky Oh, I just let Jared do Jared. <laughs> <laughs> and so how do you look after your mental health, Vicky? I'm definitely big on the gym. Um, and up until lockdown, like the gym was something that I did every single day. So um, at the moment, just even going for a walk and much to my husband's disappointment, I will be buying a spin bike. So I do, I do like to exercise. And that's something that I actually think that I learned when I deployed on that golf trip I was exercising two three times a day so I think it's key exercise is key to mental health and so how did you go Vicky with making the transition from defense member and everything being sorted for you I guess you know your your medical your dental all of that's just one-stop shop sort of thing when you get posted okay you're going there and that's your job and there's your housing options and all of that how did you go with going and being a spouse and I guess trying to figure out all of the things that you then had to know as a spouse, like you can access open arms for your mental health. You can get the ADF health card um, now that you're a spouse and all of those little things that you wouldn't have had to think about before. Like how did you even go about figuring all of that stuff out? Firstly, I'm such a big um, advocate for that medical card that we have from Defence. How awesome is that? But I was pretty savvy with all of that sort of stuff. I think, yeah, I was pretty all over it and maybe only because we had Max. I remember we were obviously both Defence when we had Max. We left the hospital and had to go to the pediatrician he was like how do you, do you have a medicare card how do you want to like pay for it and i was like i don't know like don't defense pay for this it's just like <laughs> defense aren't going to pay for your child they'll pay for you i was like oh sugar so that was our first taste of probably real life something that my mum had always dealt with I joined the Navy at 17 and had never had to think about it so the whole Centrelink and Medicare side of things I definitely was on top of that before I had this charge and that's not an easy thing to get on top of that stuff like <sighs> if you don't have to be on top of that stuff very willingly go along my whole life without having to deal with any of those departments oh I agree there it's it's painful I mean it's amazing to have but it's definitely a painful process but yeah I don't know I think I'm pretty organized kind of person. So I've always had that sorted, I think. Yeah, for sure. And so what is your overall verdict on being a dual serving couple and then the verdict on being a defense family with one serving member? Like obviously there's pluses and minuses for both, but overall, Jared, what's your verdict on what it was like when you were a dual serving couple and verdict on on how you've got your setup now? The dual serving couple just didn't work for us. It was just too hard. It's too hard to meet service obligations and maintain a family, a strong family unit with, you know, one member always away, um, which led us to decide for, for Vicky to get out in the end. 
at the moment, look, with having me just in the, in the defence, it's working really well. Like, we've got an amazing package here with my job, you know, like, we live in an amazing, amazing location. It's just, you know, it works really well, actually. And, and I'm at the stage of my career, I've got a li- little bit more flexibility with postings, I suppose, whether I have not required to go to sea. I don't have to go to sea as much, that sort of thing. So I'm very fortunate in that. It's, yeah, it's working really well at the moment. And what about you, Vicky? What's your overall verdict? Yeah, I would have to agree with Jared. Pre-children was never an issue, but once we started to have kids, just as Jared said, I think it is really hard to meet those service obligations and neither one of us are people that, you know, didn't want to fulfil that. So that's why, you know, I knew that discharge was what I had to do. We are making it work now. It's it's good. I, I think it would be a bit tricky if Jared had to go back to sea, but purely because the boys are so attached to him and we do have three kids, that would be quite a juggle. But in saying that, like I'm very supportive of what he wants to do and if he does have to go back to sea again hopefully it'll be something that he will enjoy and then if he was to get out full-time I don't know because that's just going to be a whole other kettle of fish that we've never had to deal with but I know we'll make it work and you know like Jared said we're just in such a good position right now and sometimes maybe as defense we forget how lucky we are like we're in a brand new gorgeous house on an amazing street like we often sit out there and just think how lucky are we to have this as a defense house and you know everything that's going on in the world it's just such a secure job so it's definitely working for us right now. So what have you both learned along the way? Well, I think for us as a couple, it's definitely communication. I think that's key, especially when they're going away. You know, if you don't have those communication lines open, I think that's when people can get angry and, and bitter and you don't know what's going on and it's just an absolute shambles. So I'm proud of us for how good we are at communicating with each other. And as as a mum, or maybe even just as a dad, being at home on your own is don't cut communication off from friends. So open those communication lines up as well and tell people maybe that you're struggling or if you need family to come and visit. We've definitely found that we have to ask, like they want us to ask for them to come. So yeah, we're pretty vocal on all that sort of stuff now. And what about you, Jared? Communication's a big one, you know, and you just need to forgive each other for any mistakes, you know. If they, I think there's, there's got to be a lot of give and take, especially when you're serving members and they're going away. They're going through a different circumstance too. And, uh, you know, the spouses at home, Trying to understand both points of view is, is goes a long way. And, and then talking about those uh, situations and trying to move forward together, I think that's the key. At least it has been for Vicky and I. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Vicky and Jared, and telling us about your experience as a dual-serving couple and now a defence family with a civilian member and a defence member and how you're making all of that work for your family. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you very much. I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, 
I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarylife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 